With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Flow Track Podcast. My name is Lincoln Shrike, joined today by Gordon Mack. It's Friday, September 18th. Our email address, flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. We haven't been reading a lot of them on air, but we will eventually get back to doing so. Keep sending us those emails, thoughts, concerns to consider on this show. Today's show, we're going to talk a lot about cross country. We're going to talk about a bone to pick that Gordon has with us making fun of him when he is not on the episodes. Uh, Gordon, how are you doing today? Doing all right. Speaking of podcast emails, we did get an email on Wednesday from a lady named Valerie. She wrote, hey guys, what's happened to the video? It's getting really mm. boring without the video and I might stop listening as if as it no longer is doing it for me. So wow. there are people out there who care about the video. Well, Valerie, we do have good news. Video will come back Monday. We didn't have video for three weeks due to a certain other big event happening where a fellow colleague couldn't film us, just the Tour de France. So uh, if you're from Canada, you can watch the Tour de France on Flow Bikes. So check it out. Anyway, mm-hmm. video will be coming back on Monday. And I appreciate you guys. Uh, I appreciate there is one of you out there who likes looking at our faces. So that makes me feel good. Yeah, and likes it so much that it, she's thinking about just not even listening. If uh, if it doesn't come back, I mean, I would think most people are, are you know keen to listen to a podcast on the go and just have your phone in your pocket, but not, not Valerie. She wants to see our faces, which I really, really appreciate. Faces are still here. I actually shaved yesterday, um, so... I, I'm I, I'm getting back into into shape for showing my face on camera. I'm, I'm getting ready for the start of next week, of which it'll it'll all come back. Gordon, I know you wanted to discuss <clears throat> not just some results from Rome yesterday, but specifically a stat related to Mondo Duplantis and the fact that Kevin and I yesterday a theme throughout the show was us making fun of said stat. Do you want to kind of explain your your rationale for tweeting out uh, Mondo Duplantis's stat about his clearances of six meters and why you think it was unfair for us to make fun of you throughout yesterday's show for it? Yeah, I feel like a lot of the Lincoln Kevin podcasts are 20% let's make fun of Gordon podcasts, <laughs> which, which is okay, but like I just, I'm, just your, I'm your punching bag that's like an easy punch, but it's okay. Regardless... The whole point of the stat that you guys thought was stupid, which I think is amazing stat, 
is because it's based off of what Ryan Krauser did. Ryan Krauser has now thrown 22 meters 104 times, and everyone's like, cool, who cares? Well, you care because the next best person to ever throw that many times has only done a 39. So, like, it shows how yeah. dominant Krauser has been beyond just who has the world record, right? And I wanted to do another thing with pole vault. And the person who has vaulted over six meters the most is Sergey Bubka, now the former world record holder. And he's done it 46 times in his career, right? Mondo right. has already done it 18 times, and he's not even 21 yet. And for comparison, Sergey, who got 46 in his career, didn't hit number 18 until he was 27. So Mondo has like a six-year, seven-year head start on passing Sergey Bubka's 46 six-meter attempts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically, like Mondo, when he's like 32, which is like 12 years from now, he'll probably have vaulted six meters over 100 times, and we'll be like, mm-hmm. wow, he's doubled what Sergey Bubka done. Right. And that's what the whole point of the... I understand. I understand. And and Krauser has made the, the volume of successful marks an impressive stat, I would say. <clears throat> while the fact that Mondo is on pace to vault over six meters about a billion times, in general, most people don't really care how many times you get over a certain mark, even though six meters is very impressive. It's all about either records or, you know, standalone records or gold medals, right? So, I mean, that that's part of why uh, we would be giving you a hard time about it. Also, I mean, without the context that you just explained, which it does make more sense, and I will give you credit when you when you put it into relation to the Krauser stat, it, without the context, it just seemed kind of um, out of left field to, to specifically just say, this is when he got to his 18th six meter clearance. It just seemed, it just seemed really, really uh, random and arbitrary. That that's why it was the the criticism. Also, I mean, the person who's not on the podcast each day is subject to, you know, getting getting a hard time. You guys have given me hard time for various things. I think Kevin is the one who gets the least amount of hard time. Yeah, so maybe we need to we need to poke fun at him some more. That that's that's uh. That's what this is showing. We, we we definitely you get too much of too much of the uh, the, uh, the the jokes are too much at your expense. I'll, I'll give you that, and I, I get some of it, but not nearly as much as you. But Kevin seems like he gets gets off scot free. We need to we need to find a way every episode with me and you to to give him a hard time. Yeah, I don't know what to. I mean, Kevin is just vanilla, right? That's not really he doesn't really change either way to really <laughs> criticize. So that's like his one big yeah. like flaw is that he's uncriticizable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh there there's gotta be some some stuff, whether it be his Spurs fandom. Well, that's the or... thing. Like he likes the Spurs. Like that's yeah, the that's ultimate pretty... like middle of the yeah. road team to like. Mm-hmm. Literally they're in the middle of the country. Mm-hmm. They're just like they don't they have no flash. You know, they're not well, like controversial. Yeah. He just stays away from controversy. Yeah, and he's not really an MLB or NFL fan. Like, if he had an NFL team, that would be a lot more fun. Like, I need somebody in my life that's, like, a Browns fan, and and, and then it, that would be just so much more fun. But that's not him. He doesn't like the NFL, and, I mean, I guess he's loosely, loosely a Dodgers fan. But, 
not not enough to wear and obviously the Dodgers are really good so I it's it's uh he he needs to open himself up for more uh more criticism it's it's not really fair yeah he's not even a real sports fan I mean he's a fan of a boring ass team in the San Antonio Spurs and then he's not a fan (laughs) of anything else he complains about he's like one of those people who actually likes Oregon you know who like went to University of Oregon Pretended he was on the track team by just doing club track. One of those guys, <laughs> you know. Oh, that see there, there you go. We're 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 uh, we're finding ways to to possibly uh, get in on him here. So I like that, I like pretending like he's on the track team. That's a that's a good one. Um, okay, enough enough uh, trying to trying to make fun of our our coworkers here. Um, cross country. The, the story is developing in, in two ways. One, people are going to start competing this fall, albeit several conferences are not having fall sports. We have that coming up this weekend. And then two, things are looking really good for a March 15th NCAA cross-country championships and uh, in, in a winter cross-country season overall. Uh, just kind of want to give your thoughts about the prospects for NCAA cross-country coming up over the next several months. Yeah, well, first of all, so cross country does start this weekend, which is kind of cool. We have a few meets: uh, the Abilene Christian Cross Country Invitational, the Mountain Dew Invitational, the Mountains <laughs> to Sea XE Open. We one got of my favorites. Com- one of your favorites: the Commodore Classic, the Bob Timmons Classic, Irish Classic, the Julius Johnson Invite, and then the SEC Preview. Like we said, the only teams competing uh, are Big 12, SEC, ACC, Sun Belt, and Conference USA. Um, beyond that, though, like you said, they are thinking about having cross-country in March. However, we, we talked about this, and that was the plan. And if you look at the announcement that they said, literally in the announcement, they didn't really make an announcement because – they announced the date, March 15th. They mount, they announced the number of athletes in the meet, 255. They announced the regular season, January 30th to March 6th. But what they did announce was, what do they say? There is some concern in the membership about conducting cross-country, indoor track, and outdoor track in the spring term. Uh-oh. The Division One Competition Oversight Committee will continue to evaluate the issue. So continue to evaluate the issue. Yeah, I don't know so what that means. What does that the mean? Issue, the issue, I guess, being indoor and cross at the same time. So who's evaluating it, and when will the evaluation be done? Well, yeah, it, we, those are questions we still you know, need to have answered. Um a couple things, as we know. I mean, indoor is going to be much... Uh, the, the the prospect of indoor se- seems to be hanging on by a thread, even if there is a prospect. Um, because, we, you know, we're still going to be dealing with this coronavirus. Uh, I, I understand we're learning how to operate more safely, but the closed, tight confines of indoors would seem to be much, much more uh dangerous for for passing the covid-19 than than cross country two 
if we look at the season, and I understand there's track coaches who are track focused, we look at the seasons, cross country, indoor and outdoor track. Indoor track is clearly third on the totem pole as far as hierarchy, as, as importance. So I don't know why we all we have all suddenly people worried so much about indoor when one, it doesn't even look like it's going to be safe to happen. And, and two, like when it comes down to it, who really cares about indoor? It preps us for outdoor. That's basically what it does. And yes, I know there's an NCAA indoor championships that when it comes down to it mid-March, we, we care a lot about. But for the most part, indoor, it, there's no there's no need to necessarily have it like it's not going to negatively impact the outdoor season if we don't have it and athletes just need to train. Um, so I don't know why there's so much pushback against having a cross country. Uh, you know, if we're wondering who is doing this, I think prominent track coaches are probably among the the population. We look at a quote Robert Johnson, the Oregon head coach, had in a Ken Go Oregonian article that we've talked about on this show this week. He said that the prospect of a of a winter cross country season was a non-starter. Like he doesn't even want to consider it. So I don't know what other coaches are among the group saying we can't do this cross country season. But we know Robert Johnson, arguably the most you know the most famous NCAA track and field coach in the country. Uh, you know he's one of them, and I'm sure there's other big name college coaches as well in that group that are more track focused as opposed to cross country. Uh, these some of these coaches do not want to do this one just because it, it's going to break up the, uh, the the normal schedule and as as Johnson cited the Tokyo it's a it's an Olympic year in 2021 and it's too, he said it's too important of a year to to do something like cross country in the winter. I don't understand that at all. I mean none of these guys running cross country are going to be making an Olympic team at least not in the United States. I, I don't understand the argument here. If you want to have an NCAA championships and you want it to be as safe as possible, it's got to be it's got to be cross country in, in March. I just don't think indoor is going to happen. But yeah, this language where we're going to continue to monitor the issue. I mean, what what is the oversight committee? First of all, it's confusing trying to keep up with this, Where what committee it's going to be at the D1 council, be at the, the board of directors, the executive committee. It's really almost impossible to follow and know exactly what's going on. But I, I don't know what else needs to happen everything's set and set here we've got a we've got a location in Stillwater we've got a date March 15th every other fall sport is moving to to the the early spring late winter what what is it what can what can kill cross country at this point is it just coaches prominent coaches raising a big a big enough fit like I it's unclear what it means by when they say they're going to continue to monitor it and what can can keep this from happening. I, I, I mean, obviously, uh, all of us being around the sport know, uh, I mean, it's it's pretty easy to believe that, oh, if, if enough track coaches band together, then this can get killed. But it, 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 we don't know that for sure. It's just confusing. Yeah. First of all, in your nice little soliloquy there, you referenced <laughs> Robert Johnson as the most famous track and field coach in the country that's a NCAA, very, NCAA NCAA track coach in the country yeah. NCAA track coach in the country it's a very high honor the most I mean, famous I mean come on man there's a lot more other famous people than Robert Johnson well no but look no no, no. NCAA track coach in the country I mean li, li, he's the head coach Mark probably is more famous no he's not then then Robert Johnson no 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 yes. no no yes 
He literally Robert Johnson literally coaches in Tracktown, USA. Oregon is a higher profile overall track and field program, track, field, cross country, than Colorado. Colorado is just a distance school. I bet you more people know who Mark Wetmore is in the country. Mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna leave this one I bet alone. You more I disagree people, with you. But. I bet you more people know who uh who's like another I bet you more people know who Mike Smith is. No. No. This is a ridiculous argument. No. Mike but Smith who, coaches in Flagstaff, Arizona. No. No. No, not the Robert Johnson. No. He's been in Oregon for whatever, a decade. No, he's won a ton of titles. I bet you more people know who Andy Powell is. No, again, no. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah. yeah, you're just you're you're coming through this in the in the in the distance vacuum. A lot of people know a lot of distance fans know who those guys you're mentioning are, but if but you're talking who overall track of and field Oregon knows who Robert Johnson is. I'm sorry? Like, do you think – all right, here's a question. When Grant Holloway and Noah Lyles were in Virginia in high school competing mm-hmm. in indoor track in 2015 and 16, sure. do you think they knew Robert Johnson's name or they yes. just know that like – Yes, they did. There's they, a coach they, because they were getting – because they were getting offers from those guys, I can only assume. Yes, they were. They, they were. Yes, Robert Johnson's probably been in those guys' houses. Like I don't know that for sure, but yes, of course, Oregon, who at the time was winning everything on the men's side of the well, not cross country, but they were winning indoor and outdoor with Ches and the distance guys. There and you know they had some sprinters. I'm sure it wasn't a strong possibility that they would get those guys just because Oregon is more known as a mid-distance distance program, uh, at least on the men's side in recent years. But, but yes, absolutely, they know who Robert Johnson is. I don't know what your argument is. No, no my just, argument is I think Mark Wetmore is more popular. I, my argument is if well, I well, popular, up, popular, popular versus known is a totally oh, no, different No, more known. Argument. I would say more known. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, no. I would disagree with that. I bet you if that. we go to um, – the Olympic trials like I'm willing to go even in his territory we're going to the Olympic trials and I we just the only the only rule is we'll ask a hundred people they cannot be wearing an Oregon shirt because that's like super biased but they just have to be wearing whatever shirt they can wear a USATF shirt or anything we go to a hundred random people and show We'll do two different things. We'll go to 50 people where we'll show them two names, Mark Wetmore and Robert Johnson, and we'll ask them, do you know who either of these people are? And then we'll do one where we show them two pictures, a Mm. Mark Wetmore picture and a Robert Johnson picture, and say, hey, do you know who either one of these people are? I think Mark Wetmore would get more points. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is is incredible. Or screw that. Wait, most famous coach in the NCAA? It's Alan Webb. No. I mean, sure, I guess. I mean, we're talking strictly on your coach, your coach <laughs> merits alone. Uh, I don't know where 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 did we go off here? Where did we go off on this this aside? I guess when I said Robert Johnson, the most famous NCAA coach. Yeah. Can you can you discuss what are your thoughts about what can kill a a March fifteenth championships? Who who do you think is going to be the 
the executioner that's going to try to keep this from happening. Well, see, I don't know, because I did hear when this was first being talked about that it's dead on arrival, and that mean, being that coaches were not on board with this because they just didn't want to do two seasons at the same time. Um, obviously, if it doesn't hit a 50% participation, it, it kills itself. Um, but that 50% participation is only really going to happen when like if a whole conference is pulled out. I feel like... Yeah. I don't see, like, Bradley being like, we're not doing it, you know? The only way Bradley would be, like, not willing to participate is if their conference, Missouri Valley, said, you're not allowed to do it, right? So, yeah, Missouri Valley doesn't care. They're going to... They're going to they're gonna they're gonna do whatever their, what NCAA yeah. says they should do, right? So, yeah. um, so I don't think the 50% participation is going to happen. I think it's just going to come from... Whatever a coaches association again, like you said, I don't know the rules. There's too many associations, boards, uh, councils. Like who's actually Committees. in charge? You know, we don't know why. What I, I I'm so confused. Like I mean, have you? You've, I know you. Surely you've been talking to coaches. Is there anything you can spill? Can you report anything here about who is trying to keep this from happening? Who is holding out hope for the indoor track season? You know we what? can assume. I, we I'll can text assume coach now. Okay, and and we'll, by the end of the podcast, see if he responds. If like this uh, March cross country actually happened, I'm going to mm-hmm. say, is this March XC thing actually happening? Should I do ing or in? Like I n should be kind of cool. I mean, like we, need you to be seri- we need you to be serious here. We need you to uh, let's have proper let's have proper grammar. So do your do your absolute best here, Gordon. Okay. Um, so text is out. So cool. The, here's the thing. So um, I think coaches. I don't know what to th- think about if it's going to cancel. I want to think about if it's happening. What coaches would do, right? Okay. What do you mean? Like, like how, how they're going to prepare it? for it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, are are they? Because I, I heard part of the rule was going to be you only can choose one or the other. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, you can't compete at your cross-country championship and your indoor championship. Because they're the same weekend, right? It would be on a Monday. But I understand. But I, I just don't see... Like one thing I haven't heard discussed a lot, obviously because we're you just can't predict the future, and we're we're not looking ahead given this COVID crisis. But like, is NCAA basketball going to be happening this year? Like, yeah, they, they're not they, they, they're not they bubbling. November twenty fifth, full 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 steam ahead. So I mean, I if I look at it from that perspective, I guess you could say, well, then if they're going to have basketball. Shouldn't they also be having indoor track? Are they going to have crowds? I mean, no, almost certainly, right? You, well, you the, would think. For basketball, probably not until they're yeah. allowed to, right? What? So it, I know the joke is always the same. We don't have to worry about crowds necessarily in indoor track, and you assume there wouldn't be any. But these meets that have a 1,000 kids, they can't have those, right? There's not going to be a Boston University Valentine invite or whatever it's called. 
like where there's like 600 heat to the 200 like there's no way they can do that so i'm just wondering at what scale do you have indoor track and it, are you going to r- cut it down so much that it's rendered unrecognizable and then at that point is it even worth having indoor track and field well uh, i if, think go ahead i think we'll just have all the races more spread out like you're not gonna have everyone going to bu valentine they are just gonna all go to like like smaller meets right i like, suppose it's not be, like no one's gonna chase the fast track or the fast paced race like they're just gonna have to do it on a on an indoor track that isn't ideal like go compete at a random d3 flat track or something like that i i guess i mean i just always would have thought even for if you would have told me you have an option between having indoor track or cross country i would have thought overwhelmingly people would have supported cross country it doesn't there's not as much excitement around it as i would have thought why do you think people are so why are coaches so hesitant to do this they're just creatures of habit do you think it's it's is it really genuine hold on is it really genuine like what robert johnson said that it could affect olympic preparation i don't understand where that that came from at all because there's going to be barely any college athletes that make olympic teams so what in the world is he talking about no here's the reason Look at anytime you look at any indoor championship or even outdoor championship, how many of the top five to ten teams need tra- need a distance help? Like Florida's not doing it. Texas A and M maybe has like an eight hundred meter runner, but they're not a cross country school. Right. LSU's not doing it. Houston's not doing it. Texas Tech isn't doing it. They can coexist. You you go on and on and on, and a vast majority of track schools don't care about points scored for their distance athletes, right? Exactly. It's kind of weird. Like The distance races are kind of their own little championship, and then you have the team title championship, which really didn't involve the distance races except for like the one-off year when some random person is relevant, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it's just the track schools – being like, I don't, or track-centric schools are being like, I don't want to have to deal with having my Texas A&M team like, go out there to run cross-country that and not qualify for NCAAs when I can have my Texas A&M athletes be focused on maybe qualifying one guy in the mile, you know? I, 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 don't, I don't get any of this, like, from the perspective of, why saying one we should have to pick one or the other and two why these can't coexist i i the the, and and the rule of the supposed rule of you know if you compete at one you can't do the other is is strange to me as well um the the, i just think we've got one here like one in the what is it that what's the saying like one in the one in the hand is worth two in the bush we've got cross country in the hand we don't know if we have indoor so let's just go ahead and take cross country and say let's have that date and not worry about if how it affects the sprinters, the hurdlers, the jumpers. Let's not worry about that. If we have to have a indoor track meet without a lot of the prominent distance runners, then so be it. Let's just have it and not worry about it and be like, hey guys, it's cool. You know what? You chose cross country over over indoor track. Every distance runner is going to say uh, any distance runner worth 
you know, I, I, anything is going to be like, hey, would you rather run a cross-country championships or would you rather uh, run in, an indoor championships? I suppose the milers are going to choose that, but the vast majority of guys or, guys and women are going to choose cross-country. One, it's just, it's a team sport for them, right? I mean, indoor track can be for most people. Most distance runners are not going to impact a, a championship uh, championship run as opposed to like some of the, like, Maybe maybe Stanford and and you know NAU would have in, in this last year, but people are going to choose cross country. That's why I, the the coaches need to be on the side of their athletes, not just on the side of whatever gets them their their bonuses and what's get what whatever you know gets them uh, the most notoriety as as succeeding at the indoor meet. They need to be choosing what what's best for the athletes and for their distance athletes. Cross country is what's best for them. You know, it would be an ultimate like power move or like. Wait, what the hell move would mm. be like Mike Smith recognizing, hey, BYU's doing cross country, Colorado's doing cross country. All the best like distance guys are doing cross country. If I choose to do indoor, I literally <laughs> can go one, two, three, four mm. in mm. all the distance events and it'd be like a big sky distance. It'll be like the big sky indoor championships where mm. the competition might have one good guy in every event. And then... That's how you do it. Win an indoor title when everyone thought you were going to go for cross country. Yeah, I mean, I that's a that's a scenario I haven't considered. Um, It'll have to be. I think cross country will have to be widely adopted. It's not going to have like entire programs. Like which which one would you rather do? Which which situation is going to lead you to a a, which which gives you a better opportunity to win a national title? Arkansas. It's the biggest one to think about because yeah, that's they true. have like a really good cross country team that could podium. But yeah. if you take those distance athletes and put them in a national indoor meet where there is no NAU or BYU or Colorado guys to steal points, Arkansas all of a sudden becomes a team that could win the indoor team title because they'll have wow. their sprinters and jumpers. But now they'll like get a shitload of points in the distance events because it's watered down. Yeah, but my take is there's not going to be an indoor championships. That's just my take. I, I if it wasn't supposedly, I know we, it was early days in the pandemic back in March, which seems like ten years ago. But if it wasn't safe to hold hold a cha- hold the championships, then it's not going to be safe in March. I, I just, I, I don't know. I don't see this happening, and things are going to change. But th- this language, it, it just felt it's so tough. You know, it's like it's. Uh, you're 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 so excited because you get that announcement NCAA championships March fifteenth, but wait, there's a tiny caveat, and it could be a major caveat if enough coaches band together and decide they don't want to do cross country. It's just we're like we're so close, you know. Oklahoma State had their release for their season, and they said, yeah, March we're going to be hosting championships. At least that's the way it looks right now. You know, we just don't know. Uh, this this plan that the the D one council adopted to have cross country March fifteenth, it gets presented to the board of directors this upcoming week. Um, I don't know. I you know they're just gonna in all likelihood adopt what the D one council says, which we you think would would further, you know, push this thing down the road to to actually happening. But I, it's unclear how much power. These, these other coaches who don't want to do this have. It seems like they had a lot of power initially because they almost killed this 
uh, this this plan when it was adopted by the executive committee, and then it got pushed through another committee department, whatever it was. And uh, it, you know, feels like that that victory has been won, but for whatever reason, these these people who uh, the, these these coaches who are against this still have a say somehow, and I don't understand it. And there are other factors to think about here, like um, redshirting, right? Well, coaches. I'm not, like eligibility wise, because so, I know like all the athletes competing this fall doesn't count no matter what you do. Will now account if you decide to compete in March, and how coaches will address you know redshirting. Like, is it worth the risk? Not worth the risk. Will the fields be legit? Like we keep on talking about like a, a cross country championship without BYU and NAU isn't real, right? And mm-hmm. the, whoever wins that, it's not real because you need to have the two top two teams in it to, for it to matter. Um, will that be a, a factor when all come when it's all said and done, when we hit March, like when we see the 255 athletes on the starting line, will we say that this is what a, a projected 2020 fall championship would have looked like, which we won't know till that day? Um, and then also the indoor reasoning. Uh, there's just a lot of factors. It's kind of interesting. I also want to talk about this weekend. We have a bunch of meets, right? Where Big, yeah. Scott, uh, Big 12, SEC, ACC are competing. But I'm not sure if you've been following on Twitter. Big 10 football just announced, oops, sorry. We put the cart before the horse. We're back. Pac-12 yeah. has just is saying that they're probably going to come back to football on Halloween, the Mac and the Mountain West both are now saying they're bringing football back in the fall. So four conferences are about to bring one for sure, three on the on the rise to come, are all coming back to play football. Do you think those four conferences are also going to bring back fall sports? And could we now see get to see, you know, Colorado, Stanford, Oregon cross country? Do we get to see Wisconsin cross country? The MAC, Eastern Michigan, uh, and then what's the other one? Uh, Mountain West gets to see New Mexico, right? Mm. I wonder what's going to happen if those teams now get to have a have to have a cross country season this fall. Yeah, um, like are we bringing back the Nutty Cone? Let's bring it back. Let's do it. Wow, you're you're getting ambitious. I mean, football is back in the Big Ten, right? I mean, yeah, the, but they in the press release they said football is back. As for fall sports, we will tell you soon. Like they said, like as for other <laughs> fall sports, we'll let you know. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't know. I guess that could have a big impact on if there's a fall championships or if there's championships in in March as well. I, I, I you're, you know, or if schools compete, you know, are our, our schools going to have a big cross country season in the fall? If there's going to be one in the winter, I, I don't know. I, I would assume. You know, my assumption is always going to be. Uh, I mean, first of all, it's hilarious how bungled this has all been. Big Ten is makes this big. We're not going to compete, and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh crap! You know, other people are doing this, and you know, I guess we should. We have to re- reconsider. They just seem so disorganized. Um, you know what the best thing was? When as soon as Big Ten said they were coming back, mm-hmm. uh, the Pac-12 put out a statement saying we would love to come back, but we just can't because of state laws. And then literally 30 minutes later, like a reporter said, is that true? And the governor was like, no, you guys can play. 
And then the Pac-12 was like, oh, okay. Yeah, we're going to try to play now. <laughs> like they like. It's they a mess. Just no one knows what they're they could doing just hide right under now. a rock and no one would push back and like yeah. answer, ask questions. And now they got caught. They're like, oh, we, they were hiding behind local ordinances. But then they realized, you know, I'm well, sure, I have to give, uh, you know, yeah. the locals, I mean, we had a track meet in L.A., right? So sure. Like, I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't I'm, I'm not I can't speak exactly what you're saying there because I, I wasn't familiar with that interaction between supposed officials and, and a reporter. But, I, I, you know, I, I understand it didn't seem safe to do this at all without the organization of, you know, these like professional leagues of testing and, and, and protocols. And now other other leagues in the in the NCAA, NCAA are competing, and it seems to be going okay. And so I understand, you know, they they want to be safe, but also they want to um, they don't want to look like the the one conference that's not competing. So there's pressure to come back. Um, as far as cross country is concerned, yeah, maybe we get some of those schools back, and you know, we could have a really really good cross country season in the winter if everyone's you know. Could, it runs a light schedule in the fall and then you know we gear up for a winter season that we've never had it, it could be a whole lot of fun there's just there's roadblocks to a lot of those schools competing in the fall and there's roadblocks to a championships in in march 15th it's all unclear everything is up in the air at this point um we're a little closer to the march dates than than we were a couple weeks ago but um what do you think is going to be the ultimate I mean, outcome here. Do you think we're going to have... I mean, are we going to be in Stillwater on March 15th? Uh, I'm saying... I want to say yes, but I just want to hedge and say... Well, I'll hedge and say maybe, but I think no. I think it's going to... I don't think it's going to happen, but I do think indoor track will happen. Wow. Why, why do you think indoor is going to happen? Because I don't think... NCAA executive subcommittee of the hierarchy of the third order really <laughs> knows that the way we compete, what the way we do indoor track is with these massive invitationals. Like, I don't think they know that. Okay. And I think they're going to be like, you're fine. Just do indoor track, but like only have a certain number of people at the indoor. Well, meets. I mean, I, why would you think they'd be that ignorant of the way the, the system works? Oh, they'll be super ignorant about it. Because mm. they do have indoor. I mean, there are dual meets indoor track, indoor dual, indoor track dual meets all the time. Like, you could easily host an indoor meet where it's just Texas versus Arkansas. Like they've done that, mm-hmm. and that would be fine. And I think that no one at the NCAA Division One committee is thinking about, yeah, but how are we going to set up a fast race so we get a top sixteen mark? They're going to be like, <laughs> who cares? Go run as fast yeah. as you can. Like they don't think about. I mean, it's. Remember when they made a law, the rule where they said, like, you need a legit mark in order to be seated? Like, you can't do speculative marks. Right. People freaked out because, like, that would mean if Cesarek doesn't run a 5K early enough, he's going to be in a slow heat for a 5K, <laughs> and that makes no sense, right? Which I was a fan of. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's going to be like that. I think we'll have indoor. I think that... What's gonna the big change is gonna be there's just not gonna be mass invitationals. There's just gonna be small meets and people are gonna be like struggling to get into fast races because it's only gonna be like, hey, you know. That's yeah. what I think's gonna happen. 
Well, it's clear that we don't have any more answers than maybe anyone does at home. We're waiting to see what what materializes. I guess we'll wait for the next announcement as the board of directors now are up to the plate. They get to Uh consider this fall sports schedule. I'm holding out hope for cross country in March. I'm on record. I I think it's going to happen. I do think think sanity will win out. I do think one thing that could happen, though, is I could see there being outdoor marks being accepted for indoor championships. No, that, that I'm fine with that. That'd be great. Whatever. I don't care about that. I'm not. I'm not a marks guy. I'm a championships guy. Uh, I need the. I want the trophy. They don't hang. They don't hang banners for marks, Gordon. They hang banners for for trophies. Well, the reason why uh, that's a big deal though is because an outdoor 200 is so much faster than an indoor 200. So. It will be a competitive advantage if you get to run an outdoor 200 versus indoors. That's 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 definitely true. So maybe um, they'll come up with a conversion. That'll be fun to see. Oh. What's the conversion? Outdoor 200 to indoor. Cut off half a second. Oh, I don't know. Probably like two tenths. Um, okay. I think that's, that's enough for us today. We've done enough damage. Uh, for myself, <laughs> Lincoln Shrike. He's Gordon Mack. Things are going to get real fun. Gordon, uh, as far as us going head-to-head right now, if the season, baseball season ended today, the Phillies and the Cubs would go to go against each other in the first round of the playoffs. We'll look forward to that potentially happening for some serious trash talk. Uh, but until next week, this is the Flow Track Podcast. Email us, flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com, and we'll see you on Monday.